it is Friday. Calendar's going to flip to officially be summer next week, so uh, hope you're ready. In the meantime, we are still journeying through the book of Acts together, and today we're going to be in Acts chapter 9. Uh, we're going to read verse 31 down through verse 43, starting in verse 31. Here we go. It says, So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. As Peter was traveling from place to place, he also came down to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which was translated Dorcas. She kept telling her friends, no, seriously, call me Tabitha, please. That's actually not in there, but if you've got to choose between Tabitha and Dorcas, Tabitha every time. She was always doing good works and acts of charity. About that time, she became sick and died. After washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him who urged him, don't delay in coming with us. Peter got up and went with them. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs, and all the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down, prayed, and turning toward the body, said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. He called the saints and widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Peter stayed for some time in Joppa with Simon, a leather tanner. And that is the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 9. All right, let's let this, um, as, as we go back and highlight, I'm going to highlight these first, um, this first verse, verse 31, and then I want us to see um, the rest of the passage that we read today through the understanding and the lens of what is happening in the church in verse 31. All right, so verse 31 says, so the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, all right, listen to this, had peace, was strengthened, all right? It, does anybody want that at our church? I think anybody listening who's a part of any church would love for their church to have peace, and be strengthened. What a beautiful vision for a church, okay? Now, it describes what they are doing as they are having peace and being strengthened. They were living in the fear of the Lord, okay? And they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, it increased in numbers. All right, let's look at that for a minute and let me explain that. All right. They had peace and they were strengthened. Peace meaning they were at peace with each other. Like this was not an arguing and sort of backbiting church. Um, they were strengthened, which means they were growing. They were going deeper, right? And how do they do that? They lived in fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord meaning respect, awe. Um, take it as God was not boring to them. They were not apathetic towards him. They were excited about God's vision for them. Um, they were uh, 
they respected God and obeyed him because of that respect. And they knew that God is, uh, that God loved them and had something better for them and that God is powerful and that God is omniscient and that God is omnipresent and that God is a very present help in time of trouble. Like all of these things that show that God is bigger and better than us, that show that he is different than us. So they lived in fear of the Lord, this understanding that God is holy and different than them. Um, He is beautiful. It's like fire, uh, beautiful. Um, you're drawn to it, but you know he's other and different, and you can't just jump in headfirst into fire, okay? And they were also encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Um, encouraged by the Holy Spirit means that they were filled with the Spirit. Not only did they possess the Spirit, but they were letting the Holy, they were listening to the Spirit. You cannot be encouraged by the Spirit. In other words, given courage to do the hard things is what encouraged means. I am afraid. Now I'm given courage by the Holy Spirit. They were encouraged by the Holy Spirit because they were listening to the Holy Spirit. They were listening to the courage that the Holy Spirit was saying to them. Right? So here we have a group of people who are not fighting or backbiting with each other, who are growing, they're strengthened, who live in, who are drawn to the Lord, but also with a respect that keeps them not apathetic about having the Lord around. It's not familiarity breeds contempt. Rather, they are, remain in awe and fear of the Lord. And they are encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Encouraged to do what? Well, what sorts of things might one be afraid of in this church? Well, one might be afraid of um, the suffering or persecution that was happening in the church and that it might happen to them. One might be afraid to proclaim the gospel, to tell a friend about Jesus, yet they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, the church increased in numbers. So the church growth movement that started in the 60s and 70s Um, and in through the 80s and 90s, the idea was let's get to that last line in verse 31 as quickly as we can. And so let's, uh, the the mean, uh, I'm sorry, the end in the church increased in numbers, justify the means. How do we do that? And so there were lots of ideas that went out about how to grow your church the fastest. Um, Not the least of which was the the homogeneous idea, which means let's gather um, a basic kind of person. And so there were actually lots of mega churches that were built on this um, from Saddleback uh, out in California to Willow Creek up in Chicago. The idea was um, if, if we can just aim our church at one general kind of person, which, which tended to be um, a, a upper uh, or middle to upper middle class um, suburban kind of family, then our church will grow fastest, okay? But what um, was missed, and I think um, especially Rick Warren uh, would go back and, and uh, tell you this, what was missed is that the church is really not designed to be one particular group of people to grow the fastest as it can. Now, here, clearly, we get a report that the church increased in numbers. But look what we have before this, that people lived in peace and were strengthened. They lived in fear of the Lord, and they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Like, there are things that were happening in this early church that resulted in an increased number, but it was not sort of strategizing a church growth movement um, by, you know, developing the homogeneous principle, let's gather all the same people. In fact, what we read about next are very much people 
that would not have seemed to be the right people to grow a church, but in the book of Acts, it is who the Holy Spirit goes after. So the Holy Spirit moves Peter, puts him in a place uh, first with um, this guy named uh, Aeneas, and Aeneas is a paralyzed guy who has been bedridden for eight years. If you want to start a church in a sort of church growth movement type of way to increase numbers, it doesn't seem like the best people to go after are poor folks um, who are lame and would have had to you know, beg for money or rely on their family. It would have been to go after um, it would have been to go after high-ranking men in society in sort of a top-down cultural way. And yet the, the Holy Spirit leads Peter to this bedridden guy and heals this man. Um, next, the next story is um, Tabitha or uh, Dorcas. And for Tabitha, um, it seems like one of the worst things to do is, one, um, Tabitha is a great lady. She's making all of these clothes for widows. And when she dies, everybody comes to her funeral and just thinks about how much, how selfless she has been. But this is a person who, again, this is a, a woman in the first century would have been largely overlooked. And you know, she's also dead. You know, that's like not the best thing to go after starting a church growth movement. Let me go after a dead woman who ministers to widows. Stereich. But that's where the Holy Spirit leads Peter. And so what you see in this church that's increasing in number is not a church growth movement type of idea. It is instead a Jesus type of idea. Let me find the beauty school dropouts, right? Let me find the ones who couldn't make it through Hebrew school, like his disciples. Um, let me find the down and out. Let me go to the broken. Let me go to those on the side of the road. Let me go to those who have been overlooked. Let me go to those who are on their last leg or, you know, in Aeneas's place, on no legs. Let me go to the people who are overlooked and preach the gospel to them. Let me bring healing and hope into their lives. And this indeed ends with many people coming to belief in, in, in all of these instances. So how should we apply that? Well, City Church, um, I hope that we are already applying it. Um, our aim at City Church is not to grow a church as fast as we can. Um, in fact, we, I believe that increased numbers come as a result of being a church that is um, that has peace and is strengthened by the Holy Spirit. A church that lives in honor, fear of the Lord, who is not bored by the Lord. Oh, that's that rhymes. Don't be bored by the Lord. Instead, get out your sword. Oh, I'm coming up, coming up blank on that last one. All I can think of now is turd, but that's not going to go good. And that only almost rhymes with it. Yeah, don't be a turd. Pull out your sword. Yeah. All right, I'll work on it, guys. I'll report back to you later. Anyway. Is the, it's the idea that a church cannot be bored with the Lord. We need to live in fear of the Lord, and we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. And from that, the Holy Spirit is going to lead us to who, gang? It's going to lead us to those who are hurting. It's part of our mission statement. Multiply gospel change for broken people on purpose. That didn't come from me. That came from the Word of God. Let's take the gospel to those who are hurting, those who are pushed aside, and let's preach it to them. And let God build his church to that. And so, City Church, let's meditate. Now that we've meditated, let's now spend some time in silence and then in a prayer of response to uh, this beautiful word about God and his church.
our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. We desire nothing but to have the pattern of the way that you want your people, your kingdom to be, to be represented at City Church. And that is on display when we are a church that has peace and that is strengthened by you. When we are living in fear and honor, in amazement and wonder of you. At the same time, we are listening to your Holy Spirit encourage us to press us in to the challenge that is going to be following Jesus. But it's a beautiful challenge that has wonderful, wonderful hope. We embrace this truth today. Help us to follow it as your people in this local church and city church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.